Welcome to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, Founder and President of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Um, always a fan of trying to provide an educational experience for my viewers. That's the fundamentals of my show, hence the name Financial Planning Explained. If you look at financial planning, financial planning covers six different areas. Uh, you've got cash management, you've got tax planning, you got risk management, which is insurance planning. You got investment management, or investment planning, should I say, retirement planning and estate planning. So generally speaking, what I find is when you really truly doing financial planning, particularly comprehensive financial planning, is you really get involved in all of them, okay? And what I've also found is that I can't begin to tell you how many times I've met someone for one reason and we don't even get to the thing that they came to see me for. And I'll, I'll use an example. I had a client come see me and said, I would like to set up 529 plans for my children for college. I said, okay. Well. You know, it's like any doctor. I consider us to a great extent like doctors, in that if a do if a patient comes to see you, and says, "Yeah, you know, I got this thing going on in my like in my shoulder or something like that," and I heard a story not too long ago from Kevin Riley, um, former Philadelphia Eagle. Um, you know, is he going to just fix the shoulder, or is he going to look for underlying things that could be causing it? Okay, maybe not in the shoulder, or just you know, some type of you know, I got this pain right around here. Well, you know, is it coming from the heart? Is it circulatory? Is it, uh, you know, what could it possibly be? And so the doctor gives a complete physical. Well, the way we run our business practice in our firm is we do the same thing. We try to really get an overall understanding of someone's situation because we may find what they're coming to see us about is entirely not an issue anymore, okay? Because we identify other stuff. Now, it's not exactly what this particular situation is, but uh, not too long ago, I came up with an idea and it was suggested by others to do case studies. And I thought about it a little bit and I'm like, you know, it sounds like a really good idea. So um, what I intended to do was not so much, you know, take somebody who walked in the door and, or, you know, an existing client and run them through, uh, you know, what we've done, but use something like that as a guideline for ideas of other things that we can discuss. Because like I said, and I used that example, as someone approached me and said, hey, I'd like to, uh, you know, do a 529 plan, open up the door, all kinds of other stuff. So what I decided to do is take a case study of someone who may, a client, but then add all kinds of things to it so that it provides an opportunity to present things that don't happen every day, 
okay? But they happen. You know, they don't happen to you every day or may not happen to everybody every day. They seemingly happen to me every day. And so what I want to be able to do is hopefully if I could provide enough silly little things that happen to a particular individual, hopefully that provides ideas that may be helpful to you as the viewer, something that you as the viewer can learn, or you may know somebody who would benefit from the idea or a solution that we came up with. So I'm going to start with a case study, Jack and Jill. How about that? They not like being really creative, okay? And no, Jack and Jill did not go up the hill, all right, to fetch a pail of water. All right, anyway, so here are the facts of the case, okay? Um, they're married, they're both in their late 50s, okay? And, you know, Jack earns about 200 grand a year, and Jill earns about 30 grand a year. You know, they live in a nice home, it's valued about $600,000, you know, they have a $200,000 mortgage, and, um, and it turns out that they also have a $200,000 home equity line of credit. And their credit card debt, they're in credits and shambles right now. You know, their credit card debt is up to 60 grand. And, and, and so the interesting part about this is that a client comes in to talk to us about can you review my 401k and you know can we do this and sure be delighted to review your 401k you know it's like you know should i the common question we get should i contribute to the ira or should i contribute to the roth should i contribute to the um traditional 401k or should i tribute contribute to the roth or should i do a roth ira conversion i said all right before we answer the question at hand Let's do a full-blown evaluation of your entire financial situation. So that's what we did, and these were the facts of the case. And so here again was an example of someone who came to us with one goal in mind, and we didn't even get to it. Because the first thing I looked at, and, and so, I'm always a fan, you know, there, there's a lot of people who don't want to see a financial advisor because they feel as though uh, all we're going to talk about is budgeting or, you know, they think all we care about are their assets. And, you know, guess what? That may be the case with many financial advisors. Um, but, you know, when we meet with somebody, and if I meet with somebody for the first time, I actually spend about three to three and a half hours with that individual or that couple, and I always suggest that it be the couple that come see us. We'll spend three or three and a half hours with them. Believe it or not, they're able to maintain focus that whole time uh, because we're talking about their stuff and I keep them engaged. But it's ironic that during that entire period, we even talk about their assets or their investments, shall I say. So anyway, I always do a top to bottom. I, I call it the balance sheet. What are your assets? What are your debts? But I always look at their debt first, okay, before talking about their assets. Now, in this case, you know, we had, I don't know, about five or $600,000 IRA. What does this thing say? He had a $700,000 IRA and a minimal balance in his 401k because it wasn't that long before. He switched jobs, rolled over his IRA, all that fun stuff. And his spouse didn't have a retirement account. Like, okay, so... You know, he had most of the assets. But 
I'm not thinking traditional IRA or Roth 401k or Roth IRA convergence. I looked at his balance sheet. I'm like, holy smokes. I said, what's going on here? Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the home equity line of credit is maxed out, you know, and, you know, we got $60,000 in credit card debt, but, you know, and oh, I was like, what's the interest rate in your mortgage? Like, hey, our mortgage is about, you know, 4%. I'm like, 4%. Mm. I said, that's pretty high. And, and I said, what's the interest rate on your line of credit? He says, ah, yeah, well, you know, we just had a recent situation that, you know, we missed payments a couple months in a row, and now it's tagged at 6.5%. I said, 6.5%? See, oh, my God, you're killing. You're getting killed. I said, you know, let's see if we can refinance it. So didn't even talk about any of the assets anymore. I mean, we got the rest of it, but we spent all our time, not just that day, but for probably a couple months trying to figure out how can we control this debt? Because with a couple hundred thousand dollars sitting at, I don't even remember, it's like five and a half or six percent, okay? That's $12,000 a year in interest they're paying just on the line of credit. And then they got a 4.5% mortgage. That's 4.5% times 200,000 is another nine grand. They're paying $21,000 a year in interest. Okay, not to mention that it's extraordinarily high interest. Oh my, my goodness, you, we gotta control that. We gotta, and then you got 60 grand in credit card debt. We gotta get, we gotta fix the situation. So. We went through the efforts of trying to do a refi. Failed miserably, okay? Now, as much as he hated to do it, okay, we were gonna do a refi and just pay everything else off. He said, well, I don't wanna have a new mortgage at $450,000, blah, 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 I'm like, you know, I get it, but guess what? You know, we gotta fix the problem that you're in. So, First thing we did is, is, you know, made some calls to some folks that I know in the mortgage business, and unfortunately, we weren't able to do anything for him because of the fact that the mortgage people came back and said, uh, Mike, um, their credit's too low. Their credit scores are in the low to mid 500s. I'm like, really, that's not good, okay. Um, and not only that, just by the nature of them defaulting on the home equity line of credit for two months in a row, that makes them ineligible for a year. I'm like, really? I said, all right, that stinks. So what are we gonna do? I said, all right. So met with the client, talked to him about it again, and said, look, all right, this is what we need to do. First of all, the interest on credit card debt is out of control. I said, I'm less concerned about, you know, you maxing out your 401k and you doing Roth IRA conversions is that we need to figure out how we can control your debt. Because not only does he have the home equity line of credit costing him $12,000 a year, and the mortgage costing him $9,000 a year, he now has $60,000 of credit card debt at 20%, costing him another $12,000 a year. I said, I don't care how much of a tax break you're getting by making contributions to your 401k at work. Okay, you may be getting a 24% tax break, but I don't care. It's costing you 20% on your stinking credit card debt. It's costing you 6%. You are paying 
$12,000 in interest per year on your credit card debt, $12,000 a year interest on your home equity line of credit, and $6,000, I'm sorry, $9,000 a year, you're paying $33,000 a year interest. Jack, you're killing yourself. That's almost $3,000 a month in interest. So I had some ideas for him and what I would like to be able to do, because I'm gonna dive into some of these ideas because it's outside the box. I have a propensity to think outside the box. And so uh, rather than going to a commercial break in the middle of my idea, let's, let's do the commercial break We'll come back and we'll pick up right where we left off. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary, no-obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained with your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, as I pointed out earlier, we're going to continue and pick up where we left off with this particular case study. So... Um, client comes in, wants to talk about one thing, we find ourselves talking about everything but that one thing. Um, so here is an example, which quite frankly, uh, we run into all the time, is we focus our attention on debt first because of the fact that if you can improve your debt efficiency, it dramatically improves your cash flow that you now can turn around and be pumping into your own savings types of programs, uh, and things like that. Perfect example right here. And one of the ideas that he thought was brilliant, he said, I don't want this debt anymore. I want to take $260,000 out of my IRA and just pay it off. I'm like, okay. Do you realize the tax ramifications, Jack? He goes, no. I'm like, okay. First of all, if you took $260,000 out, it's going to drive you into the 32% tax bracket. On average, you're going to have about 30% tax on that in the Fed, plus another 10%. So that when you file your taxes the following year, you're going to have a 40% tax on that 260 dollars which is another 100 and what? 104? Okay, so you got another 104000 Well, I'll just withhold it then. I'm like, okay, so you're going to withhold it then. You actually have to gross up $260,000. You're actually going to have to take $400,000 out of your IRA to clean this up. I said, that's not what you want to do. He goes, no, it's not what I want to do. I said, let's fix this, okay? 
you know, it, it got out of control. He said, yeah, I said, oh, my God, you know, and now all of a sudden, it's like you're, you're the hamster, okay? You're the hamster spinning your wheel, okay? I said, let's do something different. Let's try something out here. I said, here's what we want to do. I said, let's take a 401k loan. He goes, Mike, I don't have a 401k. He said, I only got $2,000. He said, don't worry about it. I said, because here's what you can do. You take $100,000. Are you aware of 401k loans? And here's a perfect example. A 401k, the rules of 401ks are this. As long as your plan allows a 401k loan, you're allowed to borrow up to 50% from your 401k up to 100,000. I'm sorry, up to 50,000. Meaning 50% of 100, okay? And it can only be up to a five-year loan. I said, all right, so here's what we're going to do. I said, take $100,000 from your IRA, move it to your 401k, and then take a $50,000 loan out. And then use that $50,000 to pay off your credit card. He goes, wow, I can do that? I'm like, yeah, you can. I said, no, mind you, that 401k loan is going to cost you about $900 a month out of your pay. And I said, but it's saving you $1,500 a month to the credit cards that will effectively take 20 plus years to be paid off. I said, so let me ask you today's dumb question of the day. I like doing it. I said, would you rather pay yourself 5% or the stinking credit card companies 20%? I'd rather pay myself. I'm like, yes. Okay, so here's what happens. You're effectively taking that money from your 401k. You're borrowing it, but you're leveraging it to pay off your credit card debt. Okay, it says, all right, I can do that. I said, all right, good. Now, so your cash flow is ahead by a several hundred dollars a month on that. He happened to have some money in savings. I'm like, you know, if you could pay off that credit card the rest of the way, he says, I can do that. He said, I just didn't want to take the money out of savings because I was so far behind the eight ball. I said, all right, that's good. All right, now, here's another thing. As, you know, he, he, his son's in college still. And he's spending like $2,000 a month. He has a sinking fund, which is basically takes $2,000 a month, pushes it into savings, and then uses that money to pay for college. I said, look, I said, here's what we're going to do. All right, we're going to kick this can down the road a little bit. I said, but rather than coming up with that $2,000 a month, which is where part of his savings was, I said, one of the exceptions to taking money out of an IRA prior to age 59 and a half is education. I said, so while your son's in college, rather than you scraping up the money out of your cash flow to be paying for college, I said, let's let until we get this whole thing fixed, let's take the money out of your IRA and use that for college. Now, you're still going to have to pay taxes on the IRA, but you're avoiding the 10% penalty and... Instead of paying 24% tax on, instead of paying 20 plus percent interest on that money, you're now just paying tax on the money that, guess what? You'd have paid tax on it anyway once you pulled it out in retirement. I said, here's an opportunity for use your son's college education. You use it, you're paying it, and now you have that extra $2,000 a month that he's plowing 
into the home equity line of credit. Okay, so now it turns out that by us lifting all of that credit card debt off his plate, believe me when I tell you, it was a huge load off of his shoulders. Okay, mind you, his paycheck went down by about $450 every two weeks, which is $900 a month to pay the loan. Okay, then what's been happening is that he's been paying down the home equity line of credit that's hovering around 6%, okay? And at the end of one year, he was able to refinance all of his debt, believe it or not, to a 20-year loan, and his cost was less than his monthly payment that was going to the uh, existing mortgage and to the line of credit and he shortened his mortgage, which then enabled him to have additional cash flow that he was able to either increase his 401k contributions to replace the fact that he lost $50,000 because he had to borrow it, okay? He's now replacing his 401k contributions, and all of a sudden, we mapped this thing out, and he's back on track in almost three or four years, he'll have completely wiped out all of that and be back to where he was before. Yeah, he lost a few years. But boy, I'll tell you what, he was in reverse, okay? And so one of the things I said, Jack, I said, why didn't you tell us that before? He said, Mike, I was embarrassed. And so... The lesson to be learned, I said, Jack, I looked him in the eye, I said, don't ever be embarrassed to tell us what's actually happening. And so, you know, when we had met with him earlier, he had not ever shared the information that he shared with us that day when I kind of pulled it out of him going through all of his debt. And I said, okay. And so needless to say, I can assure you of one thing, um, that he's not going to withhold information from me in the future. And, you know, I hope that ends up being a lesson to anybody else out there. Um, you know, it's like your doctor. Don't be afraid to tell him that something else hurts when he's looking at you for a variety of different things. you got to be just as open with your financial planner as you are with your doctor. So... Um, that is really going to conclude this particular case study. Once again, you know, here's our opportunity to um, address a lot of different areas of the financial planning as it pertains to, you know, whenever we're working with the client. So um, I hope this was a lesson to be learned about direct your efforts to debt first, okay? Do not be afraid to talk to your financial advisor and air out all the dirty laundry. It's okay. We can take it. We've seen far worse before. And, and you know, we're going to walk you through it. We're going to help you get through it. And we have feel-good moments all the time in our industry. And, you know, that's why, in many regards, I love what I do. You know, we come up with all kinds of solutions that help people. And as sappy as it may sound, I really enjoy helping people. So uh, I hope everybody 
viewing this episode today has learned something that can be applied to them, or if you know somebody else that it can be applied, you know, have them watch this episode, have them look at other episodes. Thank you very much for tuning in with me today, and I hope you have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you very much. Thank you.